happy to see you. You're happy to see me? Yes. Jesus Christ, throne room prophet, great white eagle, heavenly Jerusalem, priest of Melchizedek, holy of holies. You still happy to see me? All of you, Lord, none of me. Who cares about anything else? We're not here for show. We're not here for money. We're not here for popularity. We're here for the kingdom. We're here to drown the nations in hot, glory, blood of Jesus Christ. We broadcast out of North Minneapolis in the ghetto because it's dirt cheap. And you know what? I like Nazareth, USA. Well, guess who needs a doctor? The poor? These crackheads out here? They need a doctor. They need more than that. They need to be murdered with Jesus. <laughs> Unless you bring the threat of murder, North Minneapolis doesn't even listen to you. And there's nothing more powerful than Christ crucified, so they listen to me. <laughs> Took my little brother out last night to see Valerian, a city of a thousand worlds. It sucked, but it was good to hang out with my little brother. <laughs> and wear those 3D goggles. And uh, we come back to the house after dinner, and there's all these little gangbangers everywhere selling crack. And I walk up, you know, and drive my $6,500 Porsche, and they're just peeing themselves. And I was like, what's up, guys? And they could just feel the anointing. They wouldn't even look at me. They were just like, and they scattered like cockroaches. My brother was impressed. He'd never seen that before. And I'm like, little bro, if you only knew. We've been doing that every single day for nine years. <laughs> you know, while you were sleeping. We've been creeping like a thief in the night. Real inner city missionaries been doing this thing 11 years, 100% every day, all day. We never take a break because we're at war against Satan and his angels. There's nowhere to take a break to. We went to Florida for our honeymoon like eight years ago and we had demons manifesting. We had dragons coming in the sky, literally got pictures of it. We had you know, I had a brown eagle dive bomb our rental car right through the driver's side window. Constantly attacked on every side because the demons were scared out of our mind that we showed up in Florida in our honeymoon eight years ago. You know, so it's like you don't get a break, you know, if you're a real Christian. You're just constantly attacked. You know, they treat your back, you know, like a field and plow it every day. Like Jesus Christ crucified, they're always hurling insults on anyone who's a real Christian. People in the world just can't even stand it. Someone who's truly on fire for Jesus Christ. They just don't want to be around it because they're convicted of their sin and they're convicted of all the compromises in their life. And You know, you got this holier-than-thou attitude, and I don't. I just don't have a life outside of His because I've been murdered with Christ. Came out of all kinds of drugs and death and murder and hell and was court-ordered to Teen Challenge in 1999 and just got delivered of tremendous death. Well, I had demons cast out of me every other day for three months in Minnesota Teen Challenge, downtown Minneapolis, surrounded by gangbangers and mafia my whole life. And God just delivered me out of hell and saved me, and I'm thankful. I'm not going back to a life of sin, so I just became a missionary. There's nothing else in this world for me to do except give people the Word of God. And the Father told me today, your full-time job is a throne room prophet of God. Whether you believe I'm a prophet or not doesn't even matter to me. 
I've been doing this thing for so long. My prophecies have come true of so many thousands of people. We just drowned you in the Word of God. That's what a prophet does. Yeah. Whether you're Elijah, whether you're Jeremiah, whether you're Daniel, you know, whether you're an Apostle Paul, whether you're Jesus Christ, you know, the throne room prophet, the great white eagle he's called. The great white eagle, Jesus Christ, the prophet of God. The mouthpiece of God, perfectly speaking the word of God. All prophets of God, and there's thousands of them worldwide, all our jobs are is to give you the word and not let us get in the way. You know, so many prophets do it for money and they sell prophecies, they sell books, they sell MP3s. I deal with all these whores in Babylon every day that turn my father's house into a marketplace, you know. The money changers, Jesus Christ with the whip and the cat of nine tails turning the tables upside down because they're selling prophecies. It's a grievous, grievous sin to the Holy Spirit and it's everywhere in Christianity. Truly Christianity has become like a marketplace. How can you make money? Even when I tell people I'm a Christian doing this thing 11 years, they're always like, well, how are you making money? You know, no one has a grid for actually just obeying the Holy Spirit and just being pure, and just being childlike, and walking with the Father in the coolness of the day like we were created to do. I mean, some do. You know, I'm, I know I'm not alone in this thing. I know I've talked to thousands of people every week around the world. But most Christians don't even believe in God. They believe in the idea that there is a God maybe way out there somewhere, but the practical power of God is unknown in their life. Jesus Christ told his doubters and unbelievers around him every day. You don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. But the scriptures mixed with the Holy Spirit are the power of God. It's called the sword of the Spirit, the living word. So you never leave the scriptures. You never stray from the scriptures. You know, this ain't Jamestown. You know, this ain't cult. This is the Holy Bible. You know in Jamestown, all those goofballs that drink Kool-Aid, there's not a single Bible found amongst any of them. All of them had strayed from the Word of God. You know how many goofballs I've seen in ministry the last 11 years? They put their Bibles down, stop reading their Bibles, and get so weird, get so weird in sexual morality. I've seen wife swapping amongst pastors. You know, it's like, well, I'm in grace now. I can just do all kinds of sexual sin. And I've seen it. I've seen people live in community houses that are just one big massive orgy and they're drinking alcohol, and then they go to church, and they roll around on the carpet, and we're in the drunken glory, and we're anointed. We have grace, you know, I can just have sex with everybody, and we're Adam and Eve, we're naked in the garden. You know, and they say that, they told me this stuff, and then they condemned me because I wouldn't join them in their sin. We've been through hell, guys, in ministry, in the USA. We've been through hell. I've lost so many friends to sin over the years. It's just mind-boggling mind-boggling and that's why I believe in the devil and that's why I believe in the power of God because I've watched the devil pick my friends off one goes astray for lust you know there's this girl that's the hottest girl he's ever seen and he just got divorced and I gotta have this girl because I've never been with a beautiful woman before and we, they just go and they're gone we never see him again it's like what can I get from God I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. We've seen this thousands of times. What can I get from God? And then I'll be satisfied and I don't have to rely on Him for everything in my life anymore. It's like a bless me club. 
what can I get for myself to be happy myself? And it's like, man, that's not it. You will never be happy with that attitude. That is not the meaning of life. That is not the reason for your existence on earth. 7.2 billion people. You are created to walk with the Father in the coolness of the day every single day. No one in the world, and I've seen millions, millions. We've been doing this thing a long time. Millions. Nobody is happy in the entire world unless they're walking with the Father every day. Because then they'll be looking for something in creation. I need more money. You know, I need a better relationship. I need a better job. I need a better family. I need a better car. I need all this stuff. Need, 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 need. And it's all the natural realm. And you're never satisfied because it says in Ecclesiastes, the eyes are never satisfied. The flesh is never satisfied until it's crucified with Christ. And it's pain-free. I mean, don't misunderstand me. There's zero pain involved in true Christianity. Mm -hmm. The Christianity the Apostle Paul walked in was pure bliss, pure ecstasy, pure rapture. In the book of Acts, you read about the apostles and prophets of the first century church in total great awakening. Millions beginning to believe in the glory of God. Acts chapter 2, you know, they're like drunk on the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost with resting, laughing tongues of fire on their foreheads. And Peter stood up and said, hey, this is the prophecy of Joel fulfilled in your hearing. We are not drunk on alcohol. It's only nine in the morning. We're drunk on the Holy Spirit. We're drunk on the anointing that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that the Jews murdered, the Pharisees murdered, that Herod and the political system murdered. He rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven and he sent us this drunken glory. He sent us this anointing, this powerful wine of the new covenant is his blood. It's spiritual wine. It's faith wine. But it's the Holy Ghost. It's real. I mean, this energy is real. So I've seen this energy it's heal people of AIDS. It's the only thing that is real. I've seen this energy heal people of cancer. When I was in Teen Challenge for 22 months, we saw miracles, signs, and wonders constantly. I got healed a bunch of stuff, too, when I went in. I got healed of blindness. I mean, when I got born again in Teen Challenge, I felt scales fall off my eyes and I couldn't open my eyes. This is October 1999, true story. Four pastors carried me hand and foot. Didn't even believe in God. Believed I was a Roman Catholic kid, grew up in evolution. I, I mean, I didn't believe in God at all. And God just struck me with lightning. I was paralyzed in the chapel at Teen Challenge. Two weeks into the program, couldn't open my eyes. I felt scales physically fall off my eyes. I couldn't open them because everything was so bright. I'd never even seen colors like that before. I had no idea I lived in total darkness. And I was so angry when I got born again at the devil because this whole realm of light and life and glory had been hidden from me for 18 years. And man, we suffered hell. We suffered hell. 15 years old, my diabetic girlfriend died in my lap from alcohol overdose in, White, in uh, South Lake Tahoe, California. 15, I mean, my friends, are. I'm getting messages now from my high school friends in Tahoe, high school friends in Whitefish, went to four different high schools. <laughs> crazy, crazy youth testimony, what I came out of. And some of my friends from high school, I'm getting messages that now they're dying, overdosing on heroin, and they're still messed up to this day. 
It's the saddest thing. I have lost so many friends to drugs, so many friends to alcohol, people dying on vodka. Vodka has killed two of my friends. One was a diabetic and one wasn't, just alcohol poisoning, just dead. You know, you get to a certain point of alcohol in your blood and you just, you can't come back, you're gone. Saddest thing ever, I mean, and these were actually people, one of them, that was with me in the drunken glory that visited me. Saddest thing, man, I mean, just absolutely broke my heart. These are people that have tasted of the power of the age to come, have feasted with me on his bread and on his wine, his flesh and blood of the new covenant, filled with the glory of God, filled with the bread of God, filled with the wine of God. Sweet fellowship in the glory. And then they couldn't stay in the high place and they just backslid, died on vodka. What a way to go. Young woman, a young woman, 32 years old, so young. I mean, she was in perfect health too. This was just recently and I'm still having a hard time with it. They had another one that we knew, knew real well that died this last January on heroin. And it's just, it's endless. And the heroin is so out of control in America right now. I mean, I'm getting reports from friends from college and friends from Minneapolis that, hey, you remember so-and-so? He just overdosed on heroin, he's dead. I mean, like, once a month I'll get the message from someone on Facebook. You remember this person, remember that? They're dead. Heroin is now the leading cause of death for everyone in the USA under 40. How sick. Whoa. Leading cause of death that's for every single person nuts. under 40. That's Joel's army. That's the number one enemy of this generation of Americans is heroin. And it's like, oh, I'll never do heroin. Well, maybe you drink a few beers and you let your guard down and you do heroin. You know, alcohol is the gateway drug. It really is. It's just like, oh, good. I'm just going to have a glass of wine. Uh, that's why I'm so thankful I'm a Nazarite. Zero alcohol for me forever, like John the Baptist, you know. When I drank alcohol, I'd immediately turn into the devil. Zero alcohol. <laughs> I can't do it. Other people can. I'd be around my mom and my stepdad and even Penny and people around me, and they'll have a beer, they'll have a glass of wine, and they'll just be happy. I can't do that. It's because God created me to be a Nazarite, just a special destiny scroll on my life. I can't even touch a drop of alcohol. So it's like all these weird accusations we get from, you know, ministering to millions of people, and they're all accusing us of being high on drugs. Oh, look at Penny. She's so high on drugs. She's so drunk. She's been smoking so much weed. It's like, you should see the comments on these videos. They have no grid for being happy on the Holy Ghost whatsoever. It's like, Lord, restore the joy of our salvation. But there's so few joyful Christians that they can't believe it's Christ because they've never seen a happy Christian in their entire life. It's like, is there any happy Christians in the world? Is there a remnant of happy Christians that are actually in the joy of their salvation? Do you know that's a scripture? Lord, restore the joy of our salvation. Why does He have to restore the joy? Because we got miserable on religion. We got lied to. We got miserable on satanic, wormwood, luciferian, beat yourself up religion. Cherubim Lucifer is a religious demon. He hates you. He wants to enslave you. And if you get born again, you get into the Holy Spirit, you get out of drugs, alcohol, whatever you get out of, you get out of darkness and into light, Satan will do anything 
to get you back into darkness. I mean, he'll offer you anything to ensnare you again. Because if you keep going in that light, you'll destroy the works of the devil everywhere. And he can't have that because that's all he has. This is Satan's heaven. This world. You know? Called Babylon the Great in the book of Revelation. Satan's heaven is Babylon the Great. My hell. The hell that my brothers and sisters are dying in on heroin. Dying in on religion. That's Satan's heaven. Satan is such a sick, sadistic angel that he enjoys killing you people with religion and drugs and alcohol and sexual morality. He's a sick dude. Very sick puppy. And he laughs and him and his fallen angels laugh at the nations. You know, like this one, I mean, you hold a little trinket of gold in front of their nose and, you know, they'll sell every orifice in their body for a copper coin. Is there anyone in this world that's not a prostitute that can't be bought with money. You see these videos on Facebook of middle class couples, married couples walking out of Walmart and the guy comes up with a briefcase of $100,000 saying, give me one night with your wife and I'll give you $100,000 cash and there's real. Half of them do it. Half of them do it. True story. What these people will do for money is astonishing. What I will not do for money is astonishing. I will not compromise my message. I will not water it down. And neither should you. Neither should you compromise in any area of your life for the golden calf. Because it's an illusion of success. I mean, I'm around rich people every day. You know? Been rich, been poor, been middle class. We've tasted everything in this world, literally. Had boats, tennis courts, Porsches, all of it. It gave up everything in my world when I was 18. Everything in my bloodlines. Everything of my family and our lineage. I gave it all up. You know? <laughs> we have some powerful bloodlines. Come from really, really high places. True story. Very, very rich family. I gave it all up and just said, nope. I'm just going to serve God now in my new creation, man. I don't care about my life. I sit here in the ghetto talking to you about it to this day because it's real. It's worth sacrificing everything for. Do I have any regrets? Not at all. I would do it again a thousand times. This has been exhilarating. This has not been boring. This has been fun. I mean, really. There's nothing better in the entire world than being a real Christian in the Holy Spirit of God. It's the funnest thing every single day. It, like, from moment to moment is excessively epic. Like, excessively. It's the most exciting, thrilling. It's like you are on a roller coaster and a fun one. Like, yeah. A glory train. You are surrounded by enemies and you are attacked all the time, but you also have the fire that goes before you and the fire that lives within you keeps you happier than any person on any amount of money or any amount of drugs or any amount of sex. Yeah. Yeah, really, we're real Christians. We're the happiest people in the whole world. We're the covenant people, the holy people of God. And we're inheriting the promises. We've been walking in this gospel so long. And I mean, it's, certainly we have no righteousness of our own. I mean, I'm just boasting of what the blood of the Lamb has done to my sinful life. 
You know, my wife comes out of tremendous religion, I come out of tremendous rebellion. It's like the two outer, older and younger prodigal sons of Luke 15. You got an older religious prodigal son there in Luke 15, my wife, and you got a younger rebellious prodigal son there in Luke 15, that's me. In the pig trough, she hasn't done one one millionth of the rebellion I've done, but I can't even relate to one one millionth of the religion that she's done. I mean, like, and we've honestly, it's been a major struggle with religion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's been the main thing we've been dealing with. It's not even rebellion. It's, religion is the darkest demon in Satan's hell. It's so deceptive. Like, I have no clue what is my efforts. Because that's what religion keeps you in. Keeps you I in your no brain. I have no clue as to what I'm, what mindsets are wrong. Whereas, like, you know when you're lusting. You know when you're doing drugs. You know when you're murdering someone. You know those things are blatantly wrong. <laughs> Whereas, like, religion... Like, <laughs> I'll work in my own energy to help someone, you know? That type of religious energy. Like Mother and I'll Teresa's be sin. That I'm doing it right, and I'm doing it good. But then all of a sudden, all this, like, yuck. Strange fire. Manifests on me. Like, things around me, and, like, things break, and things crash, and things don't, like, even my electrical, like, I've had so many electrical problems. Like, I can't touch, I, there was certain points that Brandon wouldn't let me touch his computer. Not even touch it. Because if I touched it, something would malfunction. Every time. 100% of the time. Something would break. I mean, it's just... It was, and, it's the curse of the law. And, it's the curse of and the even law. With, without those things, I'd manifest so much bitterness, so much fear and anxiety and worry. And I could see that it was wrong. Like I know, I know bitterness isn't right, and I know like stuff like that. But I never had power over it. When you're raised religious and you've been a good boy or a good girl mostly your whole life, that is self-righteousness that pride of self-righteousness that tramples the blood of Jesus underfoot and doesn't even use his yep. sacrifice yep. and you become the Christian narcissist and it's all about you and not about him and everybody look at me and how I beat myself up and how I give to the poor and how I do all these nice things but it's you it's not Christ see Christianity has nothing to do with you and the religious older prodigal missed that in Luke 15 where he's out there in the wheat fields. He's got the whole New Testament memorized. He obeys everything in the New Testament. He loves his father. You know, he's trying to be the best boy he can. And then his son, come, his brother, comes home from the prostitutes and the pig pens, spending all that money on girls. And he, he watches his father forgive him all his sins and the older prodigal manifested so much religious murder saying you're gonna forgive him you read it he goes hysterical that's the seed of Cain that murdered his brother and he's he has no grid he can't even call him his brother because he's so much better than him in his self-righteousness and the father's dealing with this pride and this religious kid of his and says, son, the whole house was yours this entire time. You chose to beat yourself up and become a slave 
to religion and you put yourself under the curse of the law. The Father never did that. You could have came in here and had a goat with your friends anytime you wanted to, but you rejected being celebrational. You wanted to be a slave and so you suffer the consequences of your own self-righteousness. And whether or not that older prodigal son there entered the feast, I gotta have faith for him because it's half of the people I ministered to in Christianity. And it, it is happening. Like, there is a point where I was like, I can't get free of this. And it's a nightmare. Like, it just had that kind of power. It is Satan but, himself. <laughs> but I am getting free of it. And it's all because of faith in the blood. And you need to understand this too about rebellion. The rebellious demons, which are enemies of their soul, are weak. Weak. That's why no one's like, oh, well, everyone knows heroin's wrong. And everyone knows what all that blatant sin is just wrong, right? But the religious sin is so deceptive. Because it has the exact appearance of God. Remember that tree in the garden? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Eve looked upon its fruit and said, Man, that is good fruit! It's good! It looks good to the eyes, were her exact words in the book of Genesis. It has the appearance of good. But after she ate it, her soul died. It has the appearance of Do you understand what Eve did? Fruits of the Spirit. She was the first religious person. Whoa. And she was completely deceived by religion. That's why it's so hard for these people because they're so deceived in the appearance of good. And then they keep up the appearance, mm -hmm. everything on the outside, when inside they're full of dead man's bones. Inside they're full of reptiles and foul birds of Egypt and Sodom. And the realm of hell just parades them around like puppets, like Pharisees. These are the whitewashed tombs. These are the hypocrites. These are the religious. And they're everywhere. I mean, growing up a Catholic, I mean, I narrowly escaped getting molested as a kid. I wasn't an altar boy. But it's an epidemic. Millions molested. You know, Catholic Church is a mess. It's pagan. You know, they pay penance. There's no sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I mean, that sacrifice is unknown in religion. The whole religious world of Jesuit religious sorcery and Christian sorcery and all of this sorcery, which is simply darkness, is all about your brains, your self-efforts, and makes you the idol. That's why all these bless me clubs pop up and they're on TV and they're everywhere, every church building. Hey, come and, you know, we'll bless you. No one ever talks about being a blessing to the Father and being murdered with Jesus, which is becoming a real Christian. Have you been crucified with Christ? But that's what it's all about. And only in that place of total crucifixion, total murder of your life and walking in His life, will you ever be satisfied in this world? If you knew the joy, the bliss, the love, the life that there is in his death, you would jump in as fast as you could. The light and freedom on the other side of 
of that death is endless. It is eternal. It, and it's, it's, it's continually getting brighter and brighter. It's continually more joy and more peace and more miracles and, and more health and healing and clarity and never, never confused, never frustrated. There was a point, like when I met Brandon, I thought it was crazy how he could go to a, a new place, you know, somewhere that you've never been before and never get lost. Whereas in my life, every time I go somewhere, I'm probably going to get lost. Every time, even if I've been there before, I'm going to take a wrong turn and my entire way there is going to be frustrated. And even that simple thing where I can actually get to my destination without ever being lost was just like this miracle. It and <laughs> breakthrough. It was a breakthrough. And it, and it, and seeing it gave me a grid for a freedom that I could have and that I could operate in. And and even Preach. getting getting free from religion has been halfway because I've seen the freedom in him and freedom in other people who were religious who actually got some freedom. Yeah. I'm like, when you see it, that's that's the power in a testimony. Amen. In the fact that, oh, it's it's actually real. It actually can happen. So people get hope, and then they be, and then and then they believe for it. Yeah. And if you see enough people doing it, everyone yeah. will join in on it. Oh I mean, this is going to be a great awakening. Because then you just know, oh, it's real. I can actually have it. Whereas when you think that darkness boxes are the only thing that's there because the only grid you've ever been taught. Uh. Yeah, these boxes are just prisons. Yep. That's why Jesus said yeah. the gospel is the release of prisoners from dungeons. And they're so... These dungeons are all your brains. Yeah, in, in Rick Joyner's book, I can't remember which one, it's like the second one or something of the Final Quest series, he's in this, this prison, and he, he look, once he gets to the walls area, he finds that there's these gaping holes. This prison is not fortified. Like, darkness is not actually strong. It's only strong because we believe it to be truth. Mm. We see a molehill and it is a mountain to us when it's actually just something we can step over because of the blood of Jesus. The power like, of the Holy even Ghost. yesterday, I, in the gym, in the locker room, some women older than me, we were talking about the power of belief and how, if you know what placebo is, it's when you think you're taking medicine and you're not. They're doing it with surgery now. And people have gotten completely healed on a bogus surgery just because they believe they got a surgery. These people are sick in the head. Power of belief. I'm just like, holy. Faith. It moves mountains, Jesus <laughs> yeah. said. If you have faith like a mustard seed, you can say to all these mountains be tossed into the sea. And it's so true. The mountains in your life, <laughs> whatever they are. Poverty, sickness, disease, relationships, they can all be tossed in the sea. Just give it all to God. Yeah. 
God has the best plans for your life. Yeah. It's just not religious, and that's where people miss it. Yeah. And they'll try to enslave you in the church and these buildings made by human hands, but Acts 7.48 says, God has never lived in buildings made by human hands. So what are they doing in these buildings? Mainly, they're temple prostitutes making money. Mainly. That's the main thing they're doing, is turning my father's house and the kingdom and Christianity and the Bible into a money-making scheme. Because when you come against them, they always manifest, where's the love, where's the fruits of the Spirit? And they'll have an excuse of why to control you because they just want to exploit you and oppress you and make money off you. And an excuse to be angry, an excuse to... Yep. It's time to set the world free from religion. Seriously. And setting the world free from religion is heaven on earth. Religion is the greatest evil, all of them equally. It's just everything in the brain that controls one another, judges one another, accuses one another, always murdering one another in self-righteousness. All religions are guilty of it. When you get out of that religious matrix, you live in Zion of the Holy Ghost, and Jesus Christ is perfect love, perfect glory, perfect light, there's not even a drop of religion in the man Christ Jesus. Religious men have painted a picture of him that is not true. He is the happiest person you'll ever meet, and he is pure light, Funniest. pure glory. Not a drop of sin in him, not a drop of lust. Boys and girls can be around him and not be molested Completely like the Catholic Church. at the same time. You don't have to worry about being taken advantage of in your relationship with Jesus. He is pure. He is the Lord our shepherd. You can trust him with everything. And he has the best plans for your life. So I just recommend giving everything to God. Have a great life. We love you guys. Redlettermin.com. Got music and schools on there. Everything free. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.